Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We are located at 524 East Pasadena Street, City of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m., with the exception of this evening. Sunday or Saturday, 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 11.30 at 11.30 p.m. You can find us on 99.5 FM or KKLA.com. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. My prayer is that you have had a blessed day or maybe you're just now starting your day. Maybe you're in the middle of your day listening. But wherever you are, a.m., p.m., east coast, west coast, in the eastern area, my prayer is that you are blessed. If not, maybe you're having a bad hair day. You know, bad hair days happen. Everyone has a bad hair day, no matter who you are. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He was having a bad hair day. And so no matter what may happen, how much you believe in the Lord, or things happen, situations occur. And so with that being said, Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy, watching over and keeping us throughout this day. Well, God, some are rising to listen. Others are laying down listening. Some are in the middle of their day. But wherever they are, you, you find them. Uh, I pray and ask that you would bless them according to thy will in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there be any sick among us, ask that you would heal them. Lord Jesus, pray and ask that you would bless your people, Lord God. You said that if we seek after you with our whole heart, then we'll find you. Lord, and that's encouraging. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. For we are seeking after you, seeking to know you. Lord God, we just want to praise you lift you up in Jesus name. Amen. Again, thank you for joining the online service of Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us and be blessed with us. We're in the book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the, the law of particularization moving from the general 
to the particular, the universal law, men, earth, and spirit. We're touching the creation and the principal person who is the cosmological, meaning the cause of all things, and the teleological, the design mind behind everything, none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, and John says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He said all things were made by him. And so when the time came, the name Jesus was revealed for salvation. Uh, if you have been following along, if you've been reading the word of God, you know that the day is coming or the time. Actually, when we step out of time into eternity, the name of Jesus is going to, uh, it's not going to apply to our salvation any longer. And so keep following, keep reading. You know, uh, in December, we released a, a book, Understanding Revelation. Um, it's called Day 7. And uh, it breaks it down. It's a high view breaking down revelation of our Lord, which begins in, in Genesis. And so John had a panoramic view of what was to come next. It's exciting. It's fearful. It's something that no one has ever experienced um, on that level. And so, again, the name of that book is, um, is Day 7. The cover says Understanding Revelation, Day 7. And you'll find it on Amazon. Uh, tonight we're in the book of Genesis, the 14th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. 13th verse, it says, And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew. For he dwelt in the plains of Mamre, of, of the uh, Amorites, the brother of Eskol, and the brother of Aner, and these were confederates with Abraham. So they, they joined with Abraham. They were, they got along, they were associates. You have associates and, you know, you have to get along with those allies. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean that they're serving the Lord either, but you work with them you do business with them. And even if you're self-employed, you still are doing business with people that are not, that may not uh, believe like you believe, but nonetheless, you, you're doing business with them. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his house, his own house, 318 and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them. He and his servants by night and smote them and pursued after, uh, after uh, Haba, which 
on the left side, left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of, um, of the kings that were and the kings that was with him at the valley of Sheba, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thy enemy into thy hand. And he gave him tithe of all. And the king of Salem said unto Abram, give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said unto the king of Sodom, I left I lift up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even the shoelet, and that I will not take anything that is mine, lest thou shouldest say I have made Abram rich, save only which the young man have eaten and the portion of the man which went with me. And so Abram, uh, he, he was a, he lifted up a standard in this moment. Now, last week we talked about when the anim, when the enemy, when the enemy strikes, I, I have, I have ants on the brain. And my grandson asked about one to see atomic ant and so um <laughs> but the enemy not the ant the, when the enemy strikes and the enemy will strike now lot was in a situation where him the man that was with him it didn't the bible don't tell us how many men it just said that that he had man, man servants uh and they were arguing with Abram says that um, we we don't have enough land. They're arguing over the water. We can't feed the cattle. You know, we can't, you know, grazing in the grass is not a gas and no one can dig it. And, and so they argued about it. And Abram said, no, we're not going to have that. You know, look to the right, look to the left. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. But you go ahead and choose and I'll take whatever is left over. And so Lot chose, and the direction he went, it looked at, it looked at green, it looked at fruitful. He said it looked as good as the, the garden of Eden, the garden that belonged to God. How did they know what that garden looked like? They, they obviously knew something about it, since it is referenced um, as far as what they felt about it. You ought to know something about the Lord and be able to make reference to 
look back on what you have seen or what you have heard that has impacted you. So um, he makes a reference uh, regarding the, the land in which uh, he was about to go into. So Lot takes off and he goes in his direction and he's near, um, he's found, he, he found his place or found himself, his family, uh, and those that was traveling with him in a predicament. They were in a place where uh, they were attacked by four other kings. And it doesn't appear that he was prepared for that. It doesn't appear that way. Uh, the Bible says, and there came to pass that that one had escaped. One of them that was there, that knew or was familiar with Abram, uh, came and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plains of Mamre, the Amorites, the brother of Eschol and the brother of Anner, and these were confederates with him. They were all uh, working together. A witness, there is a witness that holds the truth that something is happening. Now, when I was in a paramilitary uh, training uh, for months, one of the things that they stressed, and they stressed enough is, no matter where you are, what you're doing, if you are if you are in the middle of the desert, listen, Death Valley, which is between here and Nevada, Las Vegas, if you're in the middle of the desert and you plan on doing something, don't, because there is a pair of eyes underneath that rock. There's someone that's going to have a, be a witness. You you don't have to see them, and years could go. Someone's going to be a witness. And so there's a witness that holds the truth, whether it's good news or bad. Someone has to tell the story for the narrative to continue and educate us. And so this narrative is continuing. And note also that Abram, who is a Gentile, he's a Gentile. The Bible plainly says that, that there was all, everybody was Gentiles. Um, he was from the land of Ur. But he is referred to as a Hebrew. Now you have to stop and say, well, most of the time that we hear the term Hebrew, uh, it's associated with the children of Israel. But the children of Israel didn't exist. Sarah had not had a baby. And he's referred to as a Hebrew. So uh, uh, now I'm wondering what, what does Hebrew mean. Hebrew has been defined as a language, the language of the Israelites. Uh, it has been defined as the descendants of Jacob. Uh, however, the term Hebrew predates him, giving a different meaning than defined by the that, that felt they knew the definition of it. It changes, you know, and because it changes and causes us to stop and think, about what's what we're seeing. What are we hearing? What are we reading? What are you saying? 
So Abram is referred to in, in the narrative as a Hebrew. So it the term Hebrew predates him, giving this something for us to think about. You know, don't think too hard on it, but something to think about. And so we'll review that and talk about that another time. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, his nephew Lot, he armed his trained servants. Get that. He armed his trained servants. And these men were born in his house, 318 and pursued unto them. So remember, Lot had people, he had livestock, you know, but nothing is said about their ability, except that they argue. You know, some people can argue, you know, they can bark, but that's as far as it goes. And, and you got to be careful. You just have to know who who's barking, you know, and just stop, slow down, pay attention to what's going on. You don't have to react. A lot of his men were taken captive. The witness report situation to Abram and he armed his trained servants. So there is a presence of mind that Abram had that the people that was that was with him were trained for battle. Now, obviously, when we look at uh, the prior situation where he found himself nearing Egypt, uh, he didn't feel that he didn't feel bold. He didn't feel safe and secure um, that those that was with him uh, was able to protect him. And so him and Sarah um, said some things that was just not true. They stretched it. And the Lord um, had to intervene on his part. But it's not that God did not know uh, Abram. Just like God knows you. He knows what you will do. He knows what you won't do. He knows where you will go mentally, emotionally, even physically. He knows. And, and he knows what you will restrain from doing. As we mature, we put away some things. Maybe there are some things that you can look at right now in your, in your mind just quickly that pass through your mind as I mentioned that that you you look back and you say, man, I used to, but I don't any longer. When I was younger, I did, but now it's just, why? Why do I even want to travel down that path? It just, it just seems so far and distant. Things change. We grow. We mature. And we find our place in the Lord with his help because he guides us. And we go from grace to grace, from faith to faith. The witness reports the situation to Abram and he armed his trained servants. They went to their armory, whatever, wherever the army might be, you know, maybe it was a hole in the ground, maybe it was in some bushes, maybe it was a hut, and maybe it was something under their pillow, under the rug or something, but they they went to whatever armory they had and retrieved the weapons that they had been training to use. Are you training? Are you preparing? 
Are you becoming skillful to handle a surprise situation? Sometimes we're surprised by a chain by other chains of events. Maybe Daniel, I love Daniel. Daniel, man, I love you. All right. Even the, the I'm talking about the prophet Daniel, but uh, also other Daniels that I, I know. But listen, Daniel um, was in Babylon and uh, the Bible tells us that there arose another king that did not um, didn't know them. Situation change. Uh, maybe on the job, maybe the company is acquired by someone else. The situation changed and you happen to be one that that receive a pink slip, a severage package, you know, or or maybe nothing. You know, just a notice that, you know, that your service is no longer needed. I, I remember going to work and there was taxi cabs parked all around the building because they were letting people go. They were laying people off. They were coming in, they was getting giving them their last check and they were being escorted out the building um, and they could take a taxi cab and go wherever they wanted to go. Are you training? I, I encourage people often, uh, train. Get your skill level up. Don't stay where you are. Don't get comfortable. It's dangerous to get comfortable. I'm good. No, no, don't. It's dangerous to get comfortable. And I thank God because there are some that listen and I know there's there's um, some that listen and are reaping the fruit of uh, because they listen. And there are others that drag their feet. And there are some that just are not going to do anything. They're going to nod their head. They're going to say, yeah, they're going to say, yeah, that's true. That's right. But they're not going to do anything. What kind of person are you going to be? Are you going to train? Are you going to prepare? You know, even when it seems difficult, you know, training is not easy. My my son and I, um, a couple of weeks ago, we went to the gym. He gave me a whole new routine, a workout routine and, and stuff. And, and, and he calls me and, you know, and texts me and dad, did you go? Yeah, I went. Uh, did you hit it? Like, yeah, I followed the instructions that he gave me. And it's not it, it, it added uh, resistance to the workout that I was doing. And it's not that I didn't know how to work out because I had personal trainers before, uh, you know, but he gave me a whole new routine based upon uh, new findings of things that he teased me about, um, which we enjoyed the conversation. But it brought about more resistance. You don't want to become stagnated in your life or stagnate in anything else because you refuse or you make excuses not to train, not to prepare. You know, uh, we can sit down and watch TV for an hour or whatever uh, time frame, but we won't devote uh, quality time to training and becoming better and better prepared in whatever our vocation is, whatever we need to do we could be better. Are you training, preparing, becoming skillful to handle a surprise situation? I was surprised recently in a situation where um, everything shifted um, in our acquisition and 
there was some privileges, uh, some ad uh, administration that was taken and it just, uh, it wasn't a wake up call, but it, it reemphasizes being prepared. And the fact that even though I might feel I'm prepared and I might be at a certain level, there's another level to go to. And it's the same for you too. Some things catch us suddenly. We're unaware that it's creeping up and it's gonna happen. It creeps up and it hits us. The enemy will do that. The enemy doesn't play fair. Uh, who told you that he, he will play fair? He don't play fair. He's going to blindside you. The Bible said he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may de destroy. He he's looking to devour. No, he's not playing fair. What do lions do? They hide in the thickets. They hide in the thickets and, and wait. They pray out. And they're hiding in the bushes. They're, you know, they're lurking. And, and so uh, the enemy will creep. Preparedness. It requires our mental and could even require physical uh, changes to sustain us. So we're better when we are mentally aware, emotionally aware, and physically prepared, not to mention being spiritually uh, aware, even, even being spiritual, even, you know, um, seeking the Lord. You're not going to, everything is not going to come to your attention. And so for those that say, well, you know, you must not have been praying. Uh, well, no, you, you could have been praying. You could have been fasting. You could have been in service, you know, and you could have had unctions and other directions and this thing snuck up on you. I have a witness that, that would tell you that. Uh, it, the prophet that met with the Shudamite woman, uh, he, he said, surely God had hid this thing from me. And, and you'll find that in Kings. Um, yes, you'll, you'll certainly find in, in the book of Kings, uh, the second, uh, no, the fourth chapter. And, and so things can creep upon you. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 14, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but who, but a wounded spirit who can bear, a wounded spirit. So you, you wanna fortify, you wanna be prepared spiritually, but don't be all spiritual. You, you know, you have people that are so that's spiritual and there's a, there's a phrase that say that you're, you're um, so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. We talked Sunday about the salt losing its uh, its its potency. And you don't want to lose your potency, so so stay salty, be salty, you know, so that you can be used, and so that and Jesus used earthly illustrations to bring about spiritual messages. So he was fully aware of the relationship and using it and using the things surrounding him as we should do as well uh, to apply uh, logic. I want to put it that way, to apply logic to our lives. The 15th verse is, and he divided himself against them 
he and his servants by night and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. Now, I believe Abram had took a moment and gathered his thoughts, examined the report that he received and weighed his options. He didn't just jump up and, you know, so important that we take a step back. We're ready to respond. And that's one of the dangers about reading emails and text messages, um, reading messages on team and stuff like that through at work, because you don't really get a grasp of what might be communicated. Matter of fact, we could we could easily read an attitude into something that, you know, um, or maybe it's us and we just want to read an attitude into it. And it's really not that. So we need to step back gather our thoughts, examine the report, and weigh out the options so that we can respond correctly. Sometimes we're so ready to respond with little thought. Uh, our reactions do not do more harm than good. The Bible tells us in Luke, the 14th chapter, 31st verse, oh, what king going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. You might only have 10,000 and they might have 20,000. Can you handle that? I want to tell you the answer is yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. The answer is yes. You can handle it. It might look overwhelming, but you can handle it. Gideon, if he was here, I believe he would he would join in with me and we would high five and, you know, and, and laugh about it because Gideon had a lot of soldiers. He had a lot of men that was with him and the Lord uh, narrowed it down and said, have them get down and lap like dogs. And some felt that they couldn't do it. And when he when he got finished, and looked around, he had about 300 out of the, the, the thousands that he had prior and they handled it they handled the situation and the glory uh, belonged to God. He took the few and handled the many. It might seem like a weekend that you got to sit back and unwrap your mind, your thoughts, your emotions. You have to make some adjustments before to engage uh, what you view as a surprise attack. If the person or persons want to speak first maybe you go to someone and they want to say something but let them let them talk that's going to work to your advantage because then you get to see and hear what's on their heart and you may have prepared something totally different and now you have to adjust but be wise a wise man will hear and increase their learning uh, proverbs they may provide more relational or rational ammunition to help your case. So be wise. Now, management 101 is for them to diffuse a situation. When you when you go to talk to a supervisor, you go to talk to someone about something, uh, their management 101 diffuse the situation. You know, and even the Bible tells us a soft answer turns away wrath. Management 101 is, is, is flawed though. It is flawed. I'm talking about the natural man's management 101. And there's a flaw there. You know, the Bible tells us in James 1 and 17, it said every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the father of lights 
with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So you have the edge by understanding and depending on God's wisdom compared to your own or compared to that of uh, the textbook that, that you were issued in school. And I'm not saying throw that away because you need that knowledge. But how to use it um, takes on a whole new meaning when God gets involved. They relied on textbooks for knowledge. So do we. But we also rely on God who knows how to use the textbook and couple it with insight. Now, Daniel, Daniel, uh, the Bible tells us in the first chapter of Daniel, it said, as these four children, talking about Daniel, uh, Michelle, uh, Ananias, and, uh, you know, the brothers that was with him, they were young. They, they were not uh, older men. They were young men. They were teens, teenagers. And they were in a situation that that we could look at and say they didn't deserve to be and they didn't do nothing. But uh, those around them did. And you got to be careful what you do because it's going to impact other people. And so the Bible said that that they chose to seek the Lord. They chose to sacrifice and it worked. The Bible said, as for these uh, four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge, skill, and all learning and wisdom. And they had to go to school. Yet one of the requirements was that you had to learn and become familiar with the culture of the, the Chaldeans, including science, math, and, you know, those subject matters that you may not like. They had to become acquainted with it in order to stand in the king's presence. So you had an option. Either you become very good to stand in the king's presence or you're going to have to go out and work wherever they put you to work at. You don't know where that was going to be, but it was not going to be prestigious. Not like standing in the palace, standing before the king, not there having your own house, you know, and so these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. So for those of you that are studying, for those of you that are part of uh, that, are certainly if you, you at Cornerstone, and even if you're not, if you listen to what I'm saying and you follow the instructions I'm giving you, God will give you skill. He will help you in your learning because you're not just you're not just reading your Bible, but you're reading other things that you need to learn uh, to to be prepared, things you need to learn that for your skill set, things you need to learn for uh, everyday living. Uh, you know, you're not just praying about it, but you're being about it. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding of all visions and dreams. The 20th verse says that in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them, them, uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he found all of them uh, uh, to be 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. There was nobody that could outdo them. Certainly in, your, in what you do, there should be, you ought to give others a challenge instead of just being able to quote scriptures 
And instead of being able to just talk about, yes, that's what I said. Instead of just being able to, to, you know, you, you know how to, you know how to church it. Let's put it that way. You know how to church it. But what about in the, in the other areas of life? God is able to give us wisdom in those areas too. It requires your diligence. The Bible said the diligent shall bear rule. So we all have to be diligent. You know, it, it applies to every one of us. All right, enough of that. 16th verse. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. Now, Abram was in a win-win situation. He was in a win-win situation. Now, you recall Abram had some fears to overcome. And maybe you have some things that you are that you are going to overcome because you got to embrace God's word. It appears that he had stepped in the right direction, even though it looked bleak. Lot is captive. Everything he had, the women, everybody, the people, the servants, everything, everything is gone. But from what I can see now. And my, my resources are a minimum. So, you know, so, uh, you know, looking at lots or looking at Abram's uh, view of things, there's captive. He had minimal resources. And he didn't want to lose any of the, the people that was with him. So he had to, they had to think about what they were doing. Now, there's a coalition uh, because he has help from uh, some others. But it doesn't mean that that because you have help from others that you rely solely on them. Now, I wonder if Abram's uh, courage came from from meditating on these words. Uh, these words. And I will bless them that bless thee and I will curse them that curse thee. And in these shall all families of the earth be blessed. I wonder if Abram was meditating on that statement. Whatever God has, has um, told you, you ought to be meditating on what he said. Thinking about the words that's been spoken to you in your life. Don't We don't just go to church to hear a sermon and not meditate and think about what's being said. I think about what's being said. I'm walking around thinking about the messages that that you know that I've heard three times. You know, I, I heard the message when I was preparing. I heard the message while I was praying. I heard the message while when I uh, was writing it out. I heard the message when I when I stood up and started re reading through the notes. I heard the message as it rumbled through my spirit. You know, I've heard the message multiple times and even afterwards, I still think about it. And, you know, one of the things as a minister and as a pastor, as a leader that I think about and, and is, Lord, did they get it? Did they get it? Are they walking around? Are they thinking about it? Are they embracing it? Uh, you know, COG, that's Cornerstone of, of Grace. Do you recall the, the word spoken to the Shunammite woman? You know, some of you that may be listening uh, heard the message that, that it is well. It's well. 
uh, that's not that's one word or a few words that we should not forget throughout this year because the message was delivered that we should say it as well no matter how it looks well pastor you don't understand well you don't know if i understand or not now i may not feel like you feel now i may not be at that level emotional level that you're at in that moment that you're explaining it or telling me or anyone else about it it doesn't mean that i've never been through it i've been through a number of things or maybe i have not been through that this woman a shudamite woman had a son that was given to her by the lord the lord blessed this woman gave her a, a child and the child died and when she was going to see the uh, the man of God, her husband said, well, now, wait a minute, you know, he began to talk with her and she said, it's going to be well. And as she arrived there, the, the, the minister sent his servant and, and, and asked, is everything well? Is your husband okay? It, all is well. Uh, are you all is well? Is the child all is well? And the child is laying on, on the, on the prophet's bed, dead. However, she said, all is well. Now tell me, it doesn't get any worse than that. Those of you that have lost a loved one that have, you know, you know the, the, the deepness, uh, the sadness and, and how the grief and how it, but she said, all is well. Can you say all is well today? Will you say all is well today, tomorrow? the day after, can you just write that down and, and tape it, post it, um, put it somewhere that all is well? Second Kings 4 and 26 says, run now, I pray thee to meet her and say unto her, is it well with thee? It is well with thy husband, is it well with thy child? And she answered and it is well. The word of God, do we embrace it? Do we remember it? I believe Abram um, said, I'm going to stick with the God that I know. The God I know and his words of assurance. Well, we ought to stick with him. Uh, when enemy attacks unexpectedly, surprise attack, maybe he said a message that I, I'm going to get you. Uh, Peter received a message that he could have freaked out on. The Lord told him, said, the, the enemy has desired to sift you like wheat. That's something for you to get, you know, to set, to think about. Don't lose it in that moment. The Lord said, but I pray for you. I had a young man that was talking to me and he said, you know, the devil hates my guts. Well, if you think that, and I, I told him that he, you are not alone, but you should get very close to the Lord because there's some strange things that are happening in your life. Well, do you mean that because uh, you said I'm not close to the Lord and these things are happening in my life? Well, you already confessed that you're not as close as you could be. You're not praying like you used to pray. You're not seeking him. You're certainly not going to the house of God, you just, you're going from church to church. You're listening to minister to minister. Who, who's going to give an account for your soul? 
Jesus will. No, that's not the Bible. It's not what the word of God says. Oh, let's go on. I'm going to stick with the God I know and his words of assurance. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter uh, of the kings and the kings that were with him. The king of Sodom went out to meet Abram. And after they had came back from the battle, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, he brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, Salem comes from the name Jerusalem, meaning the royal city. The king of Salem went out to meet Abram. Abram didn't know he was going to get a visitation like that. He wasn't aware. It happened after he came back from the battle. And he brought bread and wine. And this is the first time we hear about this particular type of visit. He brought bread and wine. Now we use bread and we use wine to symbolize the body and blood of Christ, communion. We just had communion on uh, Sunday. Luke 22, uh, 19 to 20 said, and he took bread and he gave thanks, talking about Jesus when he was what they referred to as the Last Supper. He took bread and, and gave thanks and break it and gave to them saying, uh, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. So the bread representing the body, which was sacrificed for you and I, and wine representing the blood, uh, the blood that was shed for remission of sin. And he, Melchizedek, king of Salem, uh, was also the priest presenting this bread and wine to Abraham. So we would look at that and say, well, they had communion right after the battle. In the kingdom of God, there is no separation of church and state. You know, in America, they talk about separation of church and state, you know, and, uh, uh, or state of being. I, that's the way I refer to it, state of being. In the kingdom of God, there will be no political agenda, no votership, term of presidency or anything like that. Wherever you are, you know, is the kingdom of God is different from where you live and where you are right now. Uh, he's Lord, he's sovereign, he built the kingdom. And, and so there is no one, there is no one to take his place. Uh, those that have tried, um, there was a special place created for uh, the devil and his angels, it's called hell. And then hell itself is gonna be cast into the lake of fire. And not only will uh, will hell and the devil and his angels be cast there and be to be tormented, the Bible does not talk about or display as people have made movies and and taunted and said that you know it's the kingdom the devil is sitting on his throne. No, it's not going to be not going to be nothing like that. And, and so, um, and we won't go into that 
now, but one of the things in the, in the book of Revelation is that there is an angel that is stronger than Lucifer that cast him into the pit and chained him up during the millennial reign of Christ. So, and then he was loosed again for a particular reason. And so, um, listen. We're going to, we've put him on, we've already voted. We've casted our votes already. Right now, we've cast our vote. So God and we the people have put him on and likewise he put us on. We already cast our vote and he voted for us. Galatians 3 and 29, if you be in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The 19th verse says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he and blessed be the most high God, which have delivered thy enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And so we, we again see that there is a giving. Giving is part of worship unto the Lord. And he's worshiping. He's sharing of the fruits of his labor. Now, you, you, you will have fruits of your labor uh, when you go into battle, when you come out victorious. The enemy is not going to take from you, but you're going to be able to, you're going to overcome and take from him. And so when the king of Sodom came and, and tried to say, hey, look, give me the people. He wanted the slaves and you can take the goods for yourself. Uh, you know, uh, Abram said, listen, man, that's not going to work for me. The authority and the power came from God. It didn't come from, from you. It didn't come from your ability. It didn't come because you were so skilled and such a great warrior. You know, it didn't come from none of you guys. It came from God who gave us the, the ability, the path uh, to, to enter into the challenge and come out victorious. Let's enter into the challenge and we will come out victoriously. Let's give that glory to God. Let's, let's keep him on our mind. Let's uh, the, uh, take the words that he has spoken into our lives and embrace them. Knowing that for him, I live. And for him, I will die. For him, no matter what happens, I am going to stay with his word. Now, there's a passage of scripture that, that comes to mind that I love. I love this, oh gosh, it, it encourages my heart to change. It was a life-changing study in the book of Ezekiel that convicted my heart so uh, it it really straightened out some 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 uh, some rough grounds that i was dealing with when i was studying i'm telling you it, it it blessed my soul and that's my personal testimony from studying this particular book and so oh yes yes pastors you, you need to speak up and, and tell people, you know, not the, the fact, oh, I used to, I was this out in the streets. What about since you've been out of the streets? 
and how God has molded you and made you and shaped you to become who you are in ministry today. It took something. It took something besides what was in the streets. What did God do with you when you entered into the house, when he put you on the potter's wheel and he, he put some water on you and he scraped you? You know, if you ever did a pottery class, then you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, when you took that sponge and, you know, when you was marred that he broke you down in and built you back up until you became the vessel of what he wanted you to be until you became what he was looking for, his desire. And then he had to, even after shaping and molding, uh, then there was something else that had to be done. Hmm. So you have to, you know, have you testified and told about that? What about in the ministerial class? Have you told anyone that, that you're going to be shaped and reshaped and, uh, you know, until God gets you where he wants you to be? The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, it says, but in a, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but vessels, also vessels of wood and, a, and earth and some of honor and some of dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself, now remember, Paul is talking to Timothy, Elder Timothy, Pastor Timothy. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meek for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And he goes on to say, flee also useful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Ministers, saints and friends, those that are seeking truth, God has to work with all of us and he works with all of us so that we become what he is looking for. A vessel of honor, not a vessel of dishonor, you can choose. The choice is yours. I want to be a vessel of honor. So the, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel uh, that, that the Lord said, those that, that keep his statutes, if you walk in his statutes, you shall live in them. And that is so important. That is so dear to my heart. If you walk in my statues, then you'll live in them. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of the Cornerstone of Grace. I pray that something has been said that stirs up your heart, helped you to prepare, you know, and be prepared help you in your day, evening, or maybe when you lay down at night, something to meditate on. Again, we're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for watching over and keeping us throughout this evening. Lord God, thank you for your word. Your word is precious to us. 
Lord bless us to hear your word. Bless us to hear the message. Lord, some have stopped up ears. They don't hear your word when it goes forth. They hear sound, but they don't hear the message. They don't make a change. Lord, but help us. Help us to hear your word. Help us to apply your word to our lives. Lord God, to be an example to our families, our friends, the strangers. Lord God, those that are children. Lord God, so when they ask questions, we can give a truthful answer about loving you, being faithful unto you, and how you have blessed us. Lord God, that they might ask, what, what can I do? What can I do so that I can be like you? Lord God, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we'll continue to give your name the praise and to give you the glory in Jesus' name. God bless you. Be blessed. When you meet someone else, maybe you might be going into the store. Maybe you might cross somebody's path. Tell them God bless you. All right. And Lord say the same. We'll be back again uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, a segment of the book uh, dealing with the lion and Bob wire. Uh, until then, uh, again, bless someone else. Amen.